Welcome everyone. We are continuing our study of Simha. We are in class number 93. We're continuing the study of the Amida. We're up to the word Haggadol. Haggadol literally means describing Hashem that He is the Great One. This is a description that we actually find in Tanakh, in Parashat Va'et Hanan. It says that Moshe Rabbeinu says to Hashem, you started to show your servant et Godlecha, your greatness. We say, Lecha Adonai Hagedula. What is the word Gadol? referring to in the Amidah or in these Pesukim. So really the word Gadol by itself means nothing. Imagine I tell you, oh, you're so great. In what? There are so many aspects to the Creator and so many aspects to a person. If I say you're great in this item, in this thing, that makes sense. Just to call someone great usually means you know nothing about them. Just say, oh, you're so great. Great is a description of something. When great is a word by itself, it doesn't have much meaning. So what does it mean when we say, Hashem, you're great? Great in what? In wisdom? Great in patience? Great in, in your truth? In your emet, great in what? So Rashi tells us, and it's a midrash, that whenever we see that Hashem is a gadol, so it's referring to one specific attribute of Hashem. It's referring to the midah of chesed, Hashem's kindness. So Hashem is great in chesed, in kindness. I mean, the obvious question is, so why doesn't it say that he's gadol in kindness? How are we supposed to know when you say the word gadol, why are we supposed to automatically think that the word gadol means kindness? When it could mean any of the attributes. So the answer to this question must be that the greatest midah that we're able to understand or see in Hashem, that's what He allows us to see, that the greatest thing about Him is this midah of kindness. means there is no greater midah than the midah of chesed. So if I say someone is a gadol, is great, and I don't say what it is, it must be gadol in the greatest thing. There's nothing greater. So which midah makes you nothing greater? It's the midah of kindness. When we look around the world, we see Hashem shows Himself to us in certain ways. We see His patience. We see His wisdom. But there's nothing more that is evident in this world than Hashem's kindness. That's the way He wants us to know Him. There's a reason for that. Because He wants us to realize that there is nothing more important about a person 
than this midah of kindness. So again, the word gadol means great. But when it's by itself, it must mean great in kindness. Because there is nothing greater that I can say you're great and automatically means there's nothing better than. It has to be kindness. What do we say? Haggadol. I mean, we could have said that he's Gadol, the great one. What's wrong with just saying Gadol? The great one perhaps is teaching us a very important principle in life. We would gain tremendously from it and we get much closer to the Creator if we use this. Is what the Havot Levavot says that the source of all kindness is from Him. What does that mean? It means that in life we are very often excited and happy and satisfied when somebody does us a favor. It could be a doctor that healed us. It could be a person who gave us a nice gift. It could be a phone call that someone gave us. It could be an invitation. It could be something that is done for us daily. Sometimes it happens to us once in a while. Everybody is excited when someone goes out of their way for them. It's a chesed that someone does for you. It's beautiful. Parents are doing chesed for their children and vice versa. Friends are doing chesed for each other. Rabbis are doing chesed for their students and vice versa. Husband and wife are doing chesed for each other. Haggadol means that whenever you're experiencing somebody's kindness and you're so excited, sometimes to the point of, I got to get this person something, I got to write them something, I can't let this go without having them realize how much they've helped me. Whenever you have a feeling of, I'm so lucky that I got this, thank you so much, don't ever forget Haggadol. Haggadol means that whatever you received is only coming from the source. Who gave that person, first of all, that characteristic? The fact that that person helped you or went out of their way for you is because they have a midah that was something they were born with. It's called hesed. Who gave them that midah? They didn't just acquire it, they made the right choice to use it, that yes, but Hashem gave them this attribute of kindness. He also gave them the ability to help you. He gave them the strength. He gave them the money. He gave them the wisdom to be able to see and help you. So it would be a tremendous lift in our relationship with the Creator of the world if we would be able to use every feeling of appreciation for someone else's kindness as a stepping stool to realize Haggadol, that a person should never forget to thank the source also while they're thanking the in-between. The in-between is supposed to be both a reminder of how we should look at Hashem and also a stepping stool. To use it, this kindness itself was 
coming to you from Hashem. Hagadol means not only is he kind, but all kindness that you've ever received in your life, anything that you've ever enjoyed in your life is really coming from him. So when you have those opportunities and you're enjoying somebody else's kindness for you, don't forget Hagadol. That's what you say every day in the Amida. Hagadol. Thank you not only for the direct, direct kindness, like when you created me, that's pretty direct. Nobody can create me. Not only do I thank you for the food that's coming, for the rain that's coming, that's direct kindness, but I thank you for all the other kindness that comes through people and through different channels. Ha-gadol, the great one. In truth, we know that this world was created, like David Melech says, Olam Hesed Yibane. Olam Hesed Yibane has a number of meanings. Number one, it means that when Hashem created the world, He had no reason to create the world, meaning no personal, selfish reason. He couldn't have one, because if he did, we wouldn't be able to give him anything, since we know that we can only give him what he gives us first. He has to give us money before we give back. He has to give us animals before we sacrifice them. He has to give us the energy before we use it for him. So there's nothing in this world that you've ever seen anyone give the Creator without him having to give that person first. So there's nothing possible that the Creator made us for that is selfish. So why in the world did He make this world? For what reason did He create the world and did He create us? So says David HaMelech, Olam Hesed Yibaneh, which means that one of the Midot of Hashem, as we're learning today, the greatest midah of Hashem, is the midah of hesed, of His kindness. The word hesed, not sure if you know what it means, but the word hesed is very much related to another word in Hebrew, which is called hasid. Hasid is someone who we call them pious. Someone who goes beyond the letter of the law. There are some people, they just want to know what's the right thing to do. And that's what they want to do, and that's beautiful. But there are some special individuals that don't just want to do the right thing. They want to go beyond the right thing. If they can do a little bit more than the right thing and add a little extra, that's what they want to do. They're called Hasidim. They're people that want to go beyond what the, is the call of duty. Now, the word Hasid, obviously, if you look at the letters, is very much like the word hesed. What does hesed, which is kindness, have to do with being overly pious? The answer is 
that a Hasid is someone who wants to go beyond what is necessary. And Hasid also means that a person is going beyond themselves, which means always in life we're thinking about ourselves, and we should. We have to take care of ourselves. Im en anili mili. If I don't take care of myself, if I don't worry about myself, who's going to worry about me? I must take responsibility for myself. There's nothing wrong of me worrying about myself. And that's what occupies my mind a lot of the time. But a person can never become gadol, can never become great in anything that is meaningful, as we'll soon see, unless they're ready to go beyond the walls of themselves. If you're spending your whole life behind your own walls, then you're a katan, you're small. A gadol is someone who goes beyond what is normal. The norm is that people think about themselves all day long, and they worry about themselves all day long. And then there is a person who's hesed. Hesed is, he's going beyond, and now he's thinking about the needs of others and worrying about the needs of others. And the more people that are included in those thoughts, in those worries, that's how much greater that person becomes. Olam hesed yibane. What did Hashem get from this creation? Answer is nothing. What he got is, he, what, excuse me, what he, the reason why he made the world is because he has this midah of gadol, of a bal hesed. This midah is a midah that gives you, in you, thinking about others. You want to do for others. You want to give others. You want to make others happy. So this midah is why Hashem says, well, I want to make a world where I do hesed for the people that I create. I will give them food that they will enjoy. I will give them a great opportunity to become like me. I will give them so many pleasures that they will enjoy in this world. And hopefully, they will be even able to earn eternity. All of that is a gift. Hashem is not getting from it. It is Him exercising his midah of kindness. Says David Melech, that's why me and you are here. Olam, the whole world, is hesed yibane, is built because of the midah of hesed. Now this is very important information. Is it important to know why Hashem made the world? So some might say, I mean it's nice to know, Important to know? Not sure. What does it matter why Hashem made the world? He made the world already. What was He thinking? Has it helped me? It helps very much. Because all along, as we've been learning in this Amidah, whatever Hashem does, or whatever Hashem tells us about what we should do, has very much to do with our relationship with Him and our relationship with each other. If this world was created because of hesed, and that's how it continuously is able to exist, then you must know that your world 
your world includes your marriage, your world includes your friendships, your world means whoever it is that you're involved with, your olam, olam hesed yibane. The same way Hashem made His world through this midah of kindness, He built His world with this midah. You're going to build your home if you're going to have a home of gadlut, a great home. The foundation of a great home has to be the midah of hesed, of kindness. So it's not just information about what Hashem did, it's actually instruction about what we need to do. You will not be able to build meaningful relationships and for sure not a meaningful marriage if this midah is absent from the relationship. Olam Hesed Yibane. Hagadol needs to be who we are at home. Just like Hashem shows us more than anything else His Gadlut of kindness, it must be that in our relationships, in our homes, that needs to be the overwhelming theme of our home. That means when people walk into our home, that should be the most noticeable part of what's going on in our home. Just like when we walk into this world, the most noticeable part of Hashem in this world is His kindness, because He's the Gadol, means kindness. That means my home, in order for it to be an awesome home, the number one thing that stands out for anyone that walks in, including me, is there's an atmosphere of gadol in hesed in this home. That's what I see. I see people that are looking and thinking about each other and doing things for each other. Of course, the home is made up of many parts. There are many midot that are going to be used in a home. And they're all important as we're learning. But Gadol, the number one, the one that's got to be shining at the top, top temperature, the top light in your home, has to be this Midah of kindness. Pasuk says in Mishle, just on this point, of how important Hesed is to a relationship. Pasuk says in Mishle, Aso misedaka u mishpat nifhar lashem mizeva. The Gemara says on this Pasuk, in Masechet Sukkah, Gadol Haose Tzedakah Yoter Mikol HaKorbanot. 
Hashem says, you give me a lot of gifts. You come into the Beit HaMikdash, you bring in an ox, you bring in a cow. It's a lot of money, it's a lot of work. It's sacrifice. It's beautiful. You walk in and you give Hashem a gift. Gorgeous. Hashem says, but when you are giving tzedakah, Hashem says, I appreciate that. Gadol is greater for me than all the gifts that you give me. Mikol hakorbanot. Gemara says, sorry, the Midrash says, on the Pasuk in Hosea, Ki hesed hafatzti. Hashem says, I want kindness. Says the Midrash, Haviv alai hesed. She'atem gomlim zelazeh. When you do kindness with each other, is so dear to me, yoter mikol hazevah. It's more than all the sacrifices. Shezavah lefanai shelomo elef olot. Shelomo Amelech brought a thousand korbanot, beautiful gifts after gift. How do you feel when someone gives you a gift? It's a beautiful thing when a husband gives a wife a gift, or vice versa. Says the Creator of the world, it's very nice when you give me gifts. I enjoy it, it's a good thing, but just know that your chesed, that your kindness is so much more valuable than the gifts that you give me. And this is one of the critical rules of marriage. Gifts are nice, but gifts are nowhere as important as the daily chesed that's being done in the home. A home isn't built with gifts. It's built with kindness in the atmosphere of the home. We'll soon see what that kindness is. Kindness is very tricky. It's not, not everything necessarily we think is kindness is. And we have to discuss specifically a kindness that is godly. But that kindness will build a home more important than anything that goes on in that home. By the way, it's not accidental that when we look in the Torah, there's twice in the Torah, complete destruction. Hashem destroyed twice. We see it by the Mabul and we see it by Sedom. And it's not by accident that in both of those situations, it had to do with the way people treated each other. There was a lack of chesed. There was a lack of kindness. There was a lack of people worrying about each other's needs, both by the Mabul and by Sedom, which is also an eye-opener. That means a home that is lacking chesed is a home that Lo'alenu is waiting for destruction. A home without real chesed is a home that not only will not be happy, it's a home that cannot survive. It's a home that's bound to one day, God forbid, be destroyed. Chesed is not only a beautiful thing in the home, it's the most necessary element of building a home. I'm going to get back to marriage later. 
I'd like to share with you when we speak about Hesed in this class, what exactly are we talking about? Because everything goes under the banner of Hesed. Anytime we help somebody or we do something for someone, it has an element of Hesed. But I want to be very specific today because I'm talking today about a very specific type of kindness. And that's the kindness that the world was built on and built for and the kindness that we need to acquire to build our relationships. <clears throat> so let me go to a conversation that is brought down in Masechet Avot Rabbi Natan. In that Masechet, in the seventh perek, It talks about a conversation that Iyov had with Hashem. As you know, Iyov had some difficult days in his life. What you may not know is that Iyov was a great man. So great was Iyov that he actually came to Hashem with a complaint. It's probably a complaint that we will never have. His complaint was, why was he not chosen instead of Abraham Avinu? What's the difference between him and Abraham? Now, we would never ask that question because the difference is obvious. You don't ask questions like that. So if someone is going to ask such a question, that means he viewed himself and his lifestyle as an equal. He can't understand. He says to Hashem, Ribono shel olam, Master of the universe, Lo hayiti ma'achil re'evim, Was I not involved in feeding those who were starving? Umashke semeim, Did I not give drinks to those who were thirsty? Didn't I give clothing to those who needed it? So Iov has a claim. I don't get it. Me and Abraham are the same. He's feeding people. I'm feeding people. He's giving them to drink. I'm giving them to drink. Means whatever you read about Abraham Avinu in the Torah, Iov says, I do the same thing. So how come you chose him to be the father of the nation of Israel and me, I didn't get chosen? What happened? Hashem tells him, says the Mishnah, He says to him, He says, you should know, Iyov, you're a good man, but you haven't reached Lahatsi Shi'ur Abraham. You didn't get even half of Abraham. Okay? What, what, what's, what's missing? Again, he's talking to a man who's confident. He's not talking to a lawyer. He's not, going to, he's not talking to a judge. He's talking to the creator of the world. He knows everything. So you, can't, you can't fool him. That means he's coming and he's very confident. I'm the same. 
Hashem says to him, you haven't reached half of Abraham. That's probably a shocking response from the half. I thought I was the same. Why half? So Hashem tells him, let me see if you could find the half. He says to him, Ata, you, Yoshev, you sit, Veshohe betoch betcha, you wait in your house, Veorhein nichnasim etzlecha, and people walk into you. Now, I'm not sure if you've ever done this in your life. Have you ever just sat around waiting for people to come visit you? Well, that's what Eob did. He was a great man. So whoever thinks that they're a tremendous Baal Hesed, already Eov has basically way outdone us. The man sits home. That's what he does. He sits home and he's waiting for people to come in. They need charity. They need a check. They need help. They need food. That's what he does. That's beautiful. He says... The guy walks into Eov's home. Eov says, tell me, what's your normal diet? What do you normally eat? He says, I eat wheat bread. So what does Eov do? He goes and he makes the guy fresh wheat bread. The guy tells him, normally I have meat. That's what I eat usually on Tuesdays. Oh, you have meat on Tuesdays? Okay, great. So he goes and he makes him meat. Guy who drinks wine on Wednesdays tells him, okay, go squeeze you some wine. Go get, go get some wine, good, maybe old wine. That sounds pretty awesome. So that's Eov. Eov is a man who waits home and whoever comes in, he's not just waiting for him, but he's waiting to serve him Exactly what that guy is missing. Imagine a guy comes into your home and knocks on your door and it's not a danger of any kind. It's just annoying, that's all. You were ready to relax on your couch. You had a book to read. And all of a sudden, lo and behold, 9 p.m., guy knocks on your door. You know who the person is. It's not an issue of him coming into your home and ransacking your house. not like that. Very safe situation. Just you know the guy is hungry. Now, I bet for a lot of people, they'll just turn the lights off <laughs> and make believe that they just didn't hear. I didn't hear. Oh, someone knocked? I, I, who knocked? I don't, I don't know. So that would be on the lowest level. The lowest level of a Baal Hasan is a person who makes believe that he didn't even hear the request of someone at the door. But then they are better than that. There are some people who actually will open the door and say, oh wow, come in, please. What, what, you look hungry. Take out the leftovers. right? And you say, here's a, let me, let me pack it up for you. You put the saran wrap and you give him all the leftovers with some plastic forks and uh, see you later. It's very, it's very nice. Listen, it took you 15 minutes. You brought him in, you spoke to him, you gave him the leftovers you had, now you have to cook again tomorrow. There's no leftovers tomorrow. And you took it. It's very nice. 
Then there is another level where you actually brought him into your house and you served him leftovers. And you heated the food up for him. It's also very nice. Then there's a person who goes ahead and cooks a new dish for the guy. Because you don't want to give him leftovers. It's not so nice. Let me go make you something. You go boil a pasta for the guy, put him with some, some uh, whatever it is that he likes. You guys know better than me. Anyway, that's, that's gorgeous. Now, Iyov didn't do any of those things. He didn't make believe the guy's not there. He's waiting for him. He brought him into his house. He didn't just cook for him. He asked him, what do you normally eat? So I can give you what you normally have. I don't want you, I don't want you to be uncomfortable. I want to give you the norm. Who does that? And Iyov, that's his lifestyle of kindness. Hashem says to him, and this is not even half of Abraham. Why? What did Abraham do? So he says, Aval Abraham lo asaken. Abraham didn't do this. Ela yotze umehader ba'olam, which means he's going out and looking in the world. He's not waiting in his house. He's out there looking for people. And when he finds a guest or somebody in need, and he brings him into his house, he says, and no matter what the guy normally eats, Abraham doesn't ask him what you normally eat. doesn't matter what he normally eats. Abraham serves him the best that he can afford. He serves the guy the best steak. Doesn't matter if the guy normally eats bread. In my house, you're going to eat the best of the best. He gives him wine right away. He's not going to ask him what you normally drink. Doesn't matter. Abraham didn't ask them what they normally have. He gives them the best. Now, no question that you see a slight difference between Abraham and Iyov. There's no question. Iyov is home, waiting. Abraham is out. Okay, that's one difference. Another one is that Abraham wouldn't ask the question. And Iyov would ask a question. By the way, if the guy tells him, I have lamb chops, he'll go get him lamb chops. Iyov is not going to tell him no. He just asked him, what do you normally eat? So I give you what you're missing. And whatever the guy would say, he'll give him. Abraham didn't ask. There's a slight difference there. But would you call that not even half of Abraham? How come that didn't make it to half of Abraham? There were some small changes, some small differences. Why is the Creator making such a big deal with such small differences between Abraham and Iov. So the truth is sometimes what seems small is not small at all. Because what Abraham and Iov were doing were completely two different kinds of hesed. And we must be aware of that. 
that the chesed that we're talking about today, the gadol chesed, that builds worlds, that builds relationships, that builds homes, that makes Gan Eden in the atmosphere of a home, we're talking about Avraham's chesed and not Eov's chesed. Even though Eov's chesed is clearly kindness, and it could be misleading even to Eov to think, I hit the top. It could be that a person is involved in Eov's chesed their whole life, and thinking they're a gadol, but they haven't reached even half of Abraham's chesed. That means the mistake can be made even by a great person like Eov. Certainly me and you can make that same mistake. To believe that we are practicing kindness, but in fact, it's not the gadol kindness. It's not the one that we talk about in the Amidah. It's not the olam chesed yibane kindness. It's not that one. It's nice. It's a very nice kindness. It's better than sedom. It's not a destruction kind of kindness, a lack of kindness. It's not a mabul kind, no, but it's not a gadol. It's not going to make your home awesome. So what is the difference? Is the question the whole difference? What do you eat? Oh, I don't ask you. So here's the difference. The difference is where does your kindness that you practice with people, especially we talk about your close relationships, sometimes when you talk about kindness with people, you automatically, your mind runs to, to Africa and to Israel and to, and to, to the soldiers. And, but we're not talking about that now. It's also good to have kindness with those people. We're talking about home, now home, your own house, your own family, your own brothers and sisters, and your children and your in-laws. We're talking about the very close, the closest 50 to 100 people in your life. That's what we're talking about. Nobody else right now. Because that's where it needs to be, to be authentic. If there isn't kindness in the 50, 100 people close to you, and you're kind all over the world, there's something wrong in your kindness. It, it's not real. So we're talking about that. That's gadol. So it all is going to be based on where your kindness is coming from. The kindness that we find in the world, that we're used to, that we've been practicing, hearing about, witnessing in our lives and others, is 99.9% .9 this kind of kindness. The kindness that you've seen in your lives, that I've seen, is there is somebody who needs something, they're lacking something, and I'm able to fill the gap. Someone is lacking money, I can make the difference. Someone needs food, someone needs a smile, someone needs strength. There's somebody lacking on the other side. Oh, there's a person crying. I think I can make them better. There's a person sitting avelut. I think I can help them. The kindness that we see practiced throughout the world, and it is a kindness, I don't mean to belittle that kindness, 
is a kindness that begins with somebody who is in need. And I come in and I fill the need. Which again is beautiful. That's not Sedom. That's not Mabu. That's Eov. Eov is a man who when someone comes in, he says to him, what are you missing? Tell me what you normally have. Because what you normally have and now you don't have it, that's what you're missing. So I will give you what you're missing. But Abraham Avinu's kindness, the one that we're talking about today, the Gadol kindness, the godly kindness, is a whole different kind. It has not anything to do with what the person is missing. Rather, it has to do with my hunger and desire to do for someone else. It's my desire to go beyond myself. I can't think about myself anymore. I need to think about someone else. I need to do this for somebody else. Let me find someone who I can do this for. Now, I must find someone who's missing, otherwise I'm not doing anything. But the missing part is not where it begins. That's the target after I realize I got to go beyond me. Abraham's kindness is not, oh, what are you missing so I'll give you? No. Abraham's kindness is, I have a desire to give someone the best that I can. I found someone to give. I don't ask him what he's missing. What's the difference when he's missing? I want to do what's best. He's hungry. I want to give him the best. That kind of kindness is very rare in society. Very rare that kindness begins from the person looking who they can help. Most kindness begins with the need that someone is able to fill. Abraham's kindness is not waiting for who needs me. No, 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 no. It's looking for people that I can do for. He's out there looking. It's not about, oh, you're sitting and he's looking. It's much deeper than that. You waiting means you're waiting for someone who needs you. Abraham is looking to see what he can do for others. What makes Abraham's chesed so much better that Eov didn't even get half, it's not even half of that, because Abraham's chesed is exactly the chesed of the gadol is the kindness of Hashem. Let's think for a moment when Hashem created the world. Was He practicing Iyov's kindness? When we say olam chesed yibaneh when Hashem created and built this world because of kindness. So was it Iyov's kindness that built the world? It can't be Iyov's kindness that built the world. You know why? Because we weren't even here yet. So we couldn't have been missing anything. We weren't even created. 
So the kindness that created us and the world started before we needed anything. That means the creation began with the Creator thinking about how He can do for us without us even knowing that we can even exist. In fact, He made us lacking just so He can give us. And He made us lacking so we can give each other. That's what it means. Ki hafetz chesed hu. Hashem is hafetz. He wants chesed. He doesn't do chesed as a reaction. He is pursuing chesed. That's the kind of chesed that built this world. And that's the chesed that we speak about in the Amidah when we say Hagadol. And that's the kind of chesed that will transform any home. The, the chesed of people who are actually thinking what they can do for the other before the other person necessarily showing their needs. That's an awesome home. It's an awesome relationship that you could have with anybody. When you're thinking ahead of what you can do for them. People speak about shalom bayit. Very famous two words for marriage. But most people don't know what the word shalom means. Most people think that shalom means peace. I'm not sure what the word peace means in English, but I'll tell you what they think it means when they say peace. It's very peaceful. You know what is very peaceful? So, oh, we went to the mountains the other day. It's very peaceful. What does that mean? It means it's quiet. There's nothing happening there. There's no yelling. There's no screaming. It's very peaceful. So if you go into a home and it's very peaceful, it means nobody's yelling, no one's screaming, no one's punching, no one's... It's great. What do you have in the house? Shalom bayit. Shalom, it's very peaceful here. Thank God. But I see you don't talk to each other too much. No, I didn't say we spoke. I'm just saying it's peaceful. Somehow, those words shalom bayit translated into a peaceful home just somehow get this feeling that I'm sitting somewhere quiet and there's nobody yelling and screaming. And we say, thank God, Baruch Hashem, we have shalom in our home. I once told a person who told me something similar to this. So I asked him, how is his house? He says, thank God, we don't talk too much, but there's no fighting. He says, I have shalom in my house. I told him, you ever go to a cemetery? He didn't understand what I was asking. He said, why are you saying that? I said, no, you ever go to a cemetery? He said, yeah. I said, would you say there's shalom bayit in a cemetery? I said, look, then everybody's in this spot. Nobody talks to each other. It's very, very quiet. No yelling, no screaming. It's, it's unbelievable. You think there's shalom bayit in a cemetery? That makes sense. Shalom bayit doesn't mean it's quiet in the house. I mean, if there's screaming and yelling and hitting and punching, so you got different issues. 
you have like Mabul and Sedom issues. So that we're not talking about that. But Shalom Bayit means it's peaceful in the sense where we don't argue and yell and scream. That's called Shalom Bayit. It's so misleading. That's not what the word means. The word Shalom doesn't mean peaceful in that sense. The word Shalom means to be complete. Complete means that each one of the people in this relationship is thinking how to complete the other person. What I can do for the other person to make them more complete. Whether it's more complete in the way they eat, more complete in the way they dress, more complete in the way they feel, more complete in the way they are growing spiritually. What can I do to make my home a place of shalom where each one is giving more completion and worried about the other person's completion. That's what Shalom Bayit means. It's people working together to make the other complete in every area of their life. The Pasuk says in Mishleh, Ulio atse shalom simha. So I'll first translate the literal meaning. The word yoetz is someone who gives advice. Ulio atse shalom, those who advise of shalom simha. They're going to have in their life simha. What does it mean to be an advisor of shalom? You read these words and you have no idea what shalom al-melech could have meant by those words. Those who advise simha. What does that mean? I have to be an advisor to people's marriages? Is it? What does that mean? Yo'atseh shalom. I advise shalom. If you're an advisor of shalom, you're going to have simha. That's why we need hazal. The Midrash comes and says... Listen to these words. Rabbi Zaira says the Midrash in Mishleh. Says Rabbi Zaira, listen to these beautiful words. Halavai, we could practice these words. So powerful. He says, Call me Sheyashen al Mitato Balayla. Anyone who is sleeping or going to sleep which means he has a moment to think. In those days, people worked all day. They were busy. They were cooking. They were cleaning. They were doing the wash. They were doing many, many things. They didn't have time to think. So when would they think? When they go into sleep. Baruch Hashem, today we have all day to think. Nothing to do. You sit here. Even guys, people who work, they have nothing to do. So, anyway, in those days... That's when they thought. Person goes, doesn't have to be in you. That's what I'm saying. Doesn't have to be when you go to sleep. Call me Sheyashen Amitatobalaila. When you have a few minutes to think, that's what it means. Umehashev Belibo. And he starts to think. Ve Omer and he says, Le Mahar, you know what? Tomorrow. Ani Mashkim, I'm gonna get up early. Ve'e'ase tova im piloni. 
I'm going to do this guy a favor. Basically, in other words, if you have a few minutes today, maybe you're walking home, or you have a few minutes before dinner, or after, and you have a few minutes to think. Says Shalomo Amelech, if you take the moments, the free moments of life, sometimes you're learning, it's not free. Sometimes you're working, it's not free. But if you have a free moment, you get them once in a while. What do you do with free moments? Says Shalomo Amelech, free moments are awesome moments. They're your ticket to be a gadol. They're the ticket of your home being a place of a gadol. How? Because in those moments, you're able to think, what can I do today, tomorrow, for my spouse that can make them more complete? You see, when you're not thinking, the first kind of hesed, Iyov's hesed is easy. Because when the need comes, you're sitting in your home. When someone comes and is yelling and screaming and needs help, you help them. Okay, that's not so hard. You don't need free time for that. You just need to be kind-hearted. But the hesed of Avraham Avinu, which begins with you, it doesn't begin with someone knocking on your door. So when are you going to put that kindness into action? Says Shalomu HaMelech, when you have a free minute, those free minutes in life are so powerful. To be used for what? To be used to think about somebody in your life, somebody in your home, that you can do something for that will make them more complete, that maybe you didn't realize. You didn't think about because you've been busy. They're not going to ask you. It's something maybe small or something bigger. It doesn't make a difference. What is that person called when he's doing this? He's called Yo'atzeh Shalom. He's advising himself of Shalom. What does that mean, Shalom? He's advising himself of how he can complete another person in their life. What can I do to make my mother's life a little more complete tomorrow? What can I do to make my daughter's life a little more complete? It could be a phone call. It could be a gift. It could be a nice compliment about something that you know she might be nervous about. It could be anything. But you got to think because this is not a need that's coming to your door like Eov. It has to be where you go out. Going out doesn't have to be going walking the streets. Going out means you're going out with your mind. You're going out to see what the people around you, especially in your home, might really appreciate and become more complete. Look, look at those beautiful words. Will your shalom, those who use the free moments of their life to think about how they can complete another person that is close and dear to them? Simha says Shalomu Melech, guaranteed you will have Simha in your relationships. Nothing to talk about because you're practicing the Gadol, the Hesed of the Creator of the world. You're practicing Abraham Avinu's kindness. Yo'atse Shalom. That's Shalom Bait. 
Shalom Bayit is not a peaceful home. Shalom Bayit is a home of gadol, of gadlut, of people who take their free moments to think about the things that others could benefit from. This was, if you wonder, how do I know that this is the key to a great home? Well, besides that it's a reflection of Hashem Himself, if that's what He calls Gadol, it must be also the Gadol by us. But it's a parasha in the Torah outright. When Abraham sends Eliezer, to find a bride for Yitzhak. So we see that Eliezer was looking for the right girl. And he made, he prayed of course, but he made certain signs to see if that girl will do that, then she's the one. Now, of course, you know, a wise man like Eliezer, and especially the Torah wrote it, He's not just making random signs like, okay, if it's red, if she's wearing a red ribbon on her hair, then that she's the one. He, he didn't do that. And if he did, Torah wouldn't talk about it because that's silly. It's not important. That means anything the Torah wrote and Eliezer said about what would be the parameters of the right girl for Yitzhak is something that obviously would be extremely important for us to look for and to follow. So what did he look for? So everybody knows he looked for Hesed. He wanted to see if this young lady, when he asks her if she can give them to drink, if she will actually do so. So if she has the midah of kindness, she's the right one. So you walk away from this story, oh, if you have kindness, if you find the kindness in a girl, you're good. Which is a bit misleading, because not true. Because just because you find, found a girl or a young lady that is kind, that doesn't guarantee you a great home. How does Eliezer know just because she's a kind woman, she's going to be a great wife. How does he know that? There are plenty of people who do kindness and maybe have other problems. Maybe they get nervous. Maybe they get angry. Not every kind person that you know is someone that you'd love to get married to. So if Eliezer makes kindness as one of the parameters, then great. Could you imagine today that your son is looking for a young lady to marry and he's the top of the top and he can have anybody he wants because he's awesome. And he says to you, I'm only looking for one thing. If she's kind, that's all I want. But what about her wisdom? What does that mean? Maybe she's not so smart. How's she going to raise your children? What about her patience? What about her worrisome mind that's always upset about something or worried about something. Those things can go together. You can be a kind person 
and a worrier and also you could be not so patient and also you could be not so smart and not so wise. You're telling me, I found today a great girl of kindness. That's done. I'm done. No further. To, I don't have to look anymore. I, I think that would be a very big risk. There are a lot of people who do kindness and have a lot of things that they need to work on. They don't make a great wife just because they have kindness. It's a good start, but it's not the end. But Eliezer makes it sound like it's the end all. How many things did he look for? One thing. He wanted a girl that has kindness. And when he found kindness, he says, Atkan. How could that be? How could we learn from that for our lives? Is it true that kindness is the end all? It doesn't seem to be that way. But if you look closer in the parasha, you will realize it's not kindness that he was looking for. He wasn't looking for the kindness of Iyov. The kindness of Iyov, you can find by people who have many other issues. But he was looking for the kindness of Abraham. He was looking for the Gadol kindness. How do I know? Because look in the parasha. Look what he asked of her. He didn't ask her, we're thirsty, could you give me the drink? That wasn't, if she did that, she would fail the test. If he would say, young lady, by the way, getting water to go down into the well and to bring up water that's heavy and give grown men to drink that you never met before, that would be a pretty nice thing to do. But if Rivka would say, of course, young, of course, sir, I'll be happy to do it, and she would go down, get the water, sweat and carry and give him to drink, Eliezer would say, Oh, not the one. What did she do wrong? The test wasn't, will she give to those who need? I need water. Could you give me? Failed. If that's all you did. Look at the test, he says. He says, this is going to be the test. I'm going to stand by the water. They're all coming, all these... Ladies to come, these young ladies to go and draw water. Vehaya, listen to these words. Hanaara, and the young lady, Asher Omar Eleha, that when I tell her, Hatina Kadech Veeshte, could you give me from your water so I could drink? Veamra, and she'll say in response, Shete, of course, here, drink. And I will give your camels also to drink. She's the one for Yitzhak. So if she gave him to drink, out. Not the one for Yitzhak. We're not looking for that. But she says, I'm going to give your camels to drink too. She's the one. Is that such a big difference between giving him and his camels? Since when did camels become so important? But the question is, what kind of kindness does this young lady practice? When he says, I need to drink, that's Eov's kindness. So if she does that, it's very nice. But when she says, but wait, who else over here needs to drink? Let me help your camels. Let me give your people. That's 
not based on a need that she was asked. That's a person who's called Yo'atzeh Shalom. That's a person who's thinking, so what can I do for this man more than give him what he asked me? That was Abraham's kindness. Abraham's kindness in a person, if you see your kindness, take it to the bank. You have nothing to worry about. You don't need to know anymore. A person who practices the gadol of Abraham Avinu is someone that is guaranteed going to build an awesome home with you. There's nothing to worry about. That's why, by the way, he set it up where <clears throat> he didn't even thank her. He didn't say thank you. He just waited. Just waited to see. You know, if you give someone thank you, it gives them strength. No, he just wants to see if she's willing to give from her own. He had 10 grown men with him that could easily help, and they're sitting watching. That was also planned to see if she's still willing to do it. We see Eliezer didn't even ask her her name. Because if he would ask her her name, it could be she's going to do it because to build up her Shem Tov. He didn't ask her her name. She's just some regular woman. She's not, he doesn't even know who she is. She's not going to get anything extra from her doing this. He doesn't even know her. All of that was set up to see what kind of kindness is this young lady all about. That's all the difference. Again, regular kindness is not a disaster, but regular kindness is not the home builder. Regular kindness is not what makes Shalom Bayit. The kindness of Abraham is the home, is the gadol that we speak about in the Amidah. In the Torah we find that there is a claim on the leaders of the Jewish people who failed in this respect. We find that when Am Yisrael was giving their donations to the building of the Mishkan, so the Torah listed all the donations that came in. Zahav, gold, kesef, silver, nehoshet, copper, in that order. Of course, from the highest and going down. Talks about all the different things that were given to the Mishkan, the wool that was given to the Mishkan. Torah lists, they gave the gold, they gave silver, they gave copper, they gave this. At, and then, at the end of that, Parasha, that portion, it says, Vehanesiim, and the leaders, Heviu, these are the presidents of the tribes of Israel, the Nesiim, they brought, Et Avne Hashoham, Ve Et Avne Hamiluim. They brought these very precious stones. So our rabbis are wondering, these precious stones were first of all very, very expensive. It's a great gift that the Nesi'im brought. From all the things that are mentioned, these were the most precious. 
was more than gold and silver and copper. But they're listed in the end. But what's also very bothersome to our rabbis is that the word vehanesiim, if you spell it in Hebrew correctly, is vav, he, nun, vehanesiim, yud, nesiim, aleph, yud, mem. Vehanesiim. But if you look in the Torah, you will find that in that word, vehanesiim, is missing two yuds. Both yuds are missing in that word. Which means, if you would read it without nekudot, we read it nesiim. But if you would say nasam, it's the wrong word. It's missing two letters. You ever hear someone say your name the wrong way? Upsets you? I find that it upsets a lot of people. Sometimes even a slight, you know, soul and sal, big difference. They don't like that. They don't like, it's the same word. It's the same letter. I know, but they don't like it that way. Rini, Renee, they don't like that. It's not my name. Don't say that again. People don't like their names being misquoted. Even if you say it with the same letters. Here, for eternity, Hashem misspells the Nesi'im. He takes out two yuds from their name. It's an eternal blemish. It's not a one-time thing. Every time Am Yisrael reads, oh, wow, oh, wow, two yuds missing. What happened? Why? How come the two yuds are missing? So our rabbis tell us something amazing that happened says that when they came to collect money for the building of the Mishkan, this was the first collection of Am Yisrael. So of course they went to the Nesim. They were the wealthy people. They had money. They said, we'd like to come, see what you can give us for the building of the Mishkan. You know, we need money, materials. So the Nesim said to them, we want to be participants in this drive for the Mishkan. So, you know what we're going to do? Why don't you go around, go to everybody, see what everyone gives, and whatever you're missing, we will make sure to give you the rest. This is like a collector's dream. Imagine you go to someone and say, listen, just go around, do your Ishtadlut, Go wherever you can go to collect the money. At the end of the day, come back to me. Whatever is in still lacking, I'm going to give you the rest. It's gorgeous. That's what they did. Any, any rabbi, any organization would be thrilled with such a meeting. You give them not only money, but you gave them peace of mind. Work, work, work. But you know, in the end, you're going to get to the goal that you need. It's gorgeous. Hazal say, listen to these words. You ready for these words? Ulfi, Amru Nesiim, the Nesiim said, Yitnadevu Tzibur Mashem Yitnadevim, let them give whatever they give, Umashem Ahsirim Anu Mashlimi we'll give you the rest. When they finished, they saw what was left, the precious stones. So they gave the precious stones. 
says Rashi, Ulfi shenit atzelu mitehila. Since they were lazy in the beginning, would you call that lazy? But that's what it's called. Since they were lazy in the beginning, nehsera ot mishemam. That's why their name is missing. There's a blemish in their name. For history, there's a blemish in that. Every time someone reads, oh, oh yeah, yeah, they messed up. That's right. Oh, once again. Every time you read it, they messed up these people. Who wants that on their record? They, get, they were lazy. Why were they lazy? They, they were very practical. They did a beautiful thing. Where was the laziness here? So clearly, for the building of the Mishkan, what they did was beautiful. No problem. Because they said, we'll give whatever is missing. But that's what Iyov does. Iyov says, come back to me. Whatever you're missing, I'll give you. Make sure it's complete. That's great. But where is the desire to be part of the building of the Mishkan. What if they came back and nothing was missing? What if everyone gave everything that was needed? Then what? Where is your going out to try to be part of giving of yourself? They should have given something and say, by the way, if you still have something, come back to me after. But don't say come back later. Forever, for eternity, the Nesi'im have a blemish in their name. Why? Because they practiced the Hesed of Iyov, but not the Hesed of Abraham. So it's not a small thing. You guys say, okay, it's, a small, it's not a small thing. Hashem says not even half of Abraham. And here you see an eternal blemish in the name. That's very meaningful when the creator of the world and his Torah decides to put a blemish in your name for eternity. Something very big happened. Something very destructive happened. Because you weren't out there thinking what you can give. You're right. From their end, you took care of them. From their end. But from your end, why aren't you getting involved? That's called nit atzelu. That's called they were lazy. One of the ways that a person acts like Avraham Avinu, we already gave one example of Shlomo HaMelech, he's proactive, he's thinking ahead of time, he's out there looking. Again, out there could mean physically. I don't think that's so relevant today. We're not going in the streets looking for people. That would not be so safe. But out there could be with your mind. That's what Shlomo Melech says. That's one way of showing the chesed of Abraham. But there's another way of showing the chesed of Abraham. It's not so much what you give, but how you give. If you look in the parasha of Abraham Avinu, you will see a man that's doing something that's not necessary. The Pasuk says that when he saw the three men coming or walking, Vayarot Likratam, 
and he rushed, he ran towards them. He didn't need to run towards them. He could have walked towards them. He could have just yelled out, guys, hold on, come here. He ran after them. If you look in that parasha, the Torah once and again and again keeps highlighting the same point. He ran after them. And he bowed to them. He says, thank you so much for even the opportunity to speak to you about being my guest. They didn't even come to be his guest yet. He just ran after them and he sees them and he says, thank you so much. Thank you for just listening to me. He's thanking them for listening. He's running after them. What kind of attitude is that? By Yomar, Adonai, my masters, please, if I find favor in your eyes. So now the guy that came into your house, not only you're running after him, you're pleading with him. Please, first of all, thank you so much. I don't know how to thank you. I really don't know how to thank you. I have now to open my kitchen for you. I don't know how to thank you. I don't know how to thank you for all the mess that I'm making now. I really don't know how to thank you for this. This is so awesome. And please, if I find favor in your eyes, please, could you stay a little more? And when they accepted, Vaimaher, here's what I again, Vaimaher, Abraham rushes, Ha'ohela, he rushes to Sarah, Vayomer, Mahari, hurry, let's make fresh bread, Solet, Kemah, Solet, not Kemah, not just bread, Kemah, Solet, from fine flour, the best for these people. For us, we eat regular flour. Abraham didn't care for fine flour, that I can assure you. He was too busy doing a lot of other things. But for my guests, fine, the best, only the best. Lushi vaasi ugot ve'el habakar ratz Abraham. Now remember, he's a hundred year old. He's a hundred years old. Hundred year old people don't run. He's running. He's running, and he's sick. He's running, and what is he getting? Ben bakar rachvatov. He's choosing. What's the? Goes one by one, looking which one, which calf is going to be the most tender. Rachvatov. And then he goes ahead and he stands while they're eating. Me and you, after doing all that, we're sweating from all exhausted. We say, you know what? Here's the room. It's your kitchen. It's your house. Sit down. Enjoy. I'll be upstairs if you need me. Call me up. Here's my number. And you'd feel like, wow, what I do? I, I went all out for these people. I, I can't breathe anymore. What does Abraham do after all that? He, as if he has nothing to, by the way, Abraham Avinu is one of the wealthiest people in the world. Abraham Avinu was a, was, a, was a very powerful man, a very famous man. He was a man with thousands of students. What is he doing? He's standing to show them that he's not exhausted from them. You know, when you show someone that you're exhausted from serving them, they feel bad. So he's still like, he has nothing to do. I'm just, I'm, I will be sitting right anyway, so fine. But what do you have to talk about today? Where'd you go today? He talks like he has nothing better to do. By the way, nowhere in the parasha does it mention his name. Anonymous. Until he goes to tell Sarah what to do. Why does it not mention his name? It says, Vayera Elav, Hashem. Hashem appeared to him. doesn't say who. 
course, Abraham. Vehu Yoshe Petahang. And he is sitting by the. Vayisa Enav. He raised his eyes. Vayar. Vayar. Vayarots. He ran. He saw. He bowed. Vayomar. And he said. Name not mentioned. Why? Because he's the great Abraham Avinu. Abraham acted with them like he was a simple person. Because if they would see that he was a very hashu person, they would feel bad. Someone like you is going to serve me. I don't feel right. You're the great rabbi, the chief rabbi of Israel is going to serve me. I can't do it. Abraham made himself look like he's a nobody. When he went to tell Sarah and his family, then it says, because there he wanted to show, if I do this, if the Gadol Ador is doing this, he wanted to show, of course everyone should follow. But to the guests, when he was with them, not mention of his name. He didn't act like Abraham Avinu. All of that means not only how you come to the kindness, but in the way you do it. In your energy, in your rushing, in your thanking the person for allowing them to help you. Thank you, your children, for allowing them to eat your food. For allowing, excuse me, for allowing you to serve them food. It sounds a little ridiculous. But that's what, that's what Abraham did. That's the chesed of Abraham. The chesed of Abraham is not about because you're, I'm doing you a favor. I'm doing me a favor. I need to help you. I need to create a world so I made you. I'm doing this for me, meaning for my midah of kindness, which means to do for others, that's why I'm doing it. I'm doing it because I want to help. And thank you for being an address of someone that I could help. And I show it not just with my words, but I show it with my body, with my energy. This is the gadol that we're talking about today. This is the Gadol that when we speak to Hashem every day in the Amidah, we say, Ha Gadol. You are the Gadol. The Gadol in kindness. That's the one I want to emulate. The one I want to practice in my home. The one I want to build my relationships with. With my spouse, with my children, with my parents, with my friends, with all people that slowly I start expanding. It's not an easy Midah. You need for this midah ul yo'atzeh shalom. You need to use the free moments of life to think about what you can do for people that are close to you. And then you need to do it with all the energy. Those are the two steps. Free time, think about what you need to do or what you could do. And then give it your all and make that person feel that they're doing you the favor. Thank you, I really appreciate it. You have no idea. I worked so hard today, just for you, it was great. Thank you so much. If not for you, I couldn't, do, I couldn't do this. It's so special. Thank you for allowing me to do this. That's an unbelievable midah to acquire. It's not a midah that we often see around us, and that's why we came to learn about it today. But that's what gadol means. That is the recipe for great people and great relationships, and it needs to be practiced. This is not something you walk out of a class, oh, I got it, okay? That's it, I understand now. So this is not an understanding type. It starts with understanding, but you got to practice. My suggestion is that a couple of times a day, do things, but not because somebody needs. Like, go rush to open a door for somebody, or 
go to bring someone a book if you see they want something, or go get someone a plate if you see they're really interested in something. To do things, to get used to do things for people who are not asking. This is the true, true gadlut. It's not an easy thing to accomplish, not an easy midah, but definitely a midah that's worthwhile. This midah is, as you can see, the recipe for greatness in all of our relationships. It's not easy. And I'll just finish off why it's not easy, and then I'm going to finish with this. We see it's not easy. In that same story of Eliezer, it says that he went to the well at the time where all the young girls came to go and draw water for their homes. So it wasn't like a quiet time. You went in busy time, traffic time. So all of a sudden the Pasuk says, he, he went, likrata. He saw Rivka and he ran towards her, which makes no sense. What are you running towards her for? She's one of hundreds of girls there that are all filling up water. What did he see that he, when he says he ran after her, it doesn't mean he bumped into her. It means he saw something and he ran. But what could he have seen? They're all strangers to him. What's he running for? So Hazal tell us, Rashi Alava Shalom says, Lefi, because Shira'a, he saw something amazing by Rivka. He saw that all the girls are filling up water and they're going down all the way to go fill up water. And by Rivka, he saw water. The water was coming towards her. Very odd. He said, wow. He says, this one, she's got to be tzaddeket. So he runs. He doesn't want to miss the opportunity. He runs towards her. So I saw once they ask a question. So you have a girl. I don't know if it ever happened to you. You ever go to water and the water came to you? Never happened to you yet? I assume not. It didn't happen to me either. I'm still waiting. Didn't happen, right? Never happened. Good. So now, you see, from all the young ladies, there is one that the water is coming towards her. Guess what? Isn't she like the winner? Isn't that obviously the great woman that Yitzhak needs? But he doesn't say, oh wow, the water is coming up to her. He just takes the bracelets and gives it. No. Now he goes and sees if she's the right one. He goes to see, is she going to pass the test? The test that I told you about before. I'm going to tell her, I want a drink. Let's see what she responds. What do you have to see after that? She's obviously a great woman. Just grab her. So I heard once a beautiful answer. That this woman could be very righteous. She could be a big tzaddiket. Who knows her emunah, her bitahon, her tefillot, her mitzvot. She could be such a righteous woman. She could be, and there are some very righteous women out there. The other day someone told me about a woman in this community, almost this community. For the last 40 years, she gets up to pray shahrit in net every single day. Every day in Bet Knesset. Imagine. Many children, big family. This is like, what? What are you talking about? Every day, 
waking up nets, you know, nets sometimes at 4.30 a.m. and sometimes at 7. Right? Every day she's praying nets. And what, what, what does that mean? That's unbelievable. Rivka could have been the most righteous woman. But it's not a proof yet that she has the midah of Gadol. Because the midah of Gadol is not so easy. The midah of Gadol takes work. Just because she has everything else put together, worthy of the water coming towards her, great, but still not a proof that she's a Gadol. Like the great Rav Yisrael Salanta says, that to change one characteristic is harder than to finish Shas. Not so easy for a person to become a gadol. But it doesn't mean that it's not possible. It's something we have to work on. It's something that requires work. It takes a person who leaves and finishes this class and says, you know what, I'm going to start. I'm going to start utilizing my free moments to think about what I could do and start giving my all when I do it and start practicing daily for this person, for that person, two times, three times a day, to do something for somebody, even though they're not missing anything. But I want to help them and do something. It's something that a person is definitely capable of reaching. It's not so easy. That's why I warned you, it's not so easy. You could be very righteous and great in so many areas. It doesn't mean you hit this one, because hit this one might be even harder than anything else. But it's doable and it's worthwhile. And that's what we refer to when we say, Haggadol. Hashem, you are the great, great chesed. And that's the chesed that I want to emulate and be just like you. Baruch Allah, Amen, Amen.